Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Gluten-Free Voice. I'm Jules, and I'm joined today by a very special guest. Some of you may know him as Gluten Dude. He's been on my show before, and this is the perfect opportunity to have him back again because May is Celiac Awareness Month, and we are going to talk about all things celiac and gluten sensitivity as well, not the faddish part of it, but actually the real part of it, the real-life part of it. And Gluten Dude has done a wonderful job of you know, raising this issue to the fore on his blog. And if you haven't checked it out yet, go, you know, as soon as you're done listening, obviously, to the show, go to glutendude.com. He's got a great blog that, in fact, was um, nominated and won this year in the Foggy Free of Gluten Awards. He won for the Best Blogger of the Year. So I'm really thrilled to have him back on the show. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to join me. You are very welcome. Nice to be here, Jules. Thanks. Yeah, well, so you have celiac, so do I, um, and sort of navigated your way into the blogger world about a year and a half ago with your blog, and I guess I'm just wondering, you know, what caused you to feel like you wanted to, you know, go public with your ideas about living gluten-free and celiac disease, and, and I guess I should say your rants as well. It's turned into a lot of that on your blog, which obviously resonates with people. But what, what was the impetus for you to feel like you really wanted to start a blog and, and start communicating with people in this way? Well, it's, it's a good question. Um, I was diagnosed about five and a half years ago, uh, and back then, you know, all the information I found online, well, most information was you're going to love going gluten-free. Once you go gluten-free, you feel so much better. It's going to save your life, blah, 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 and gluten-free is great. So, you know, when I was diagnosed with uh, celiac, my numbers were off the charts. Um, you know, obviously from day one, I went gluten-free, looked back. Uh, but years went by, I just wasn't feeling better. Um, I still had severe fatigue, you know, a lot of stomach, still losing some weight. So I just felt there was a void to be filled, um, A, from a, a male perspective, because I'd say 98% of the um, gluten-free blogs are, are run by females, mm-hmm. uh, and also a lot of them focus on, on recipes, and, and gluten-free is great, and um, here's all the great things about going, about going gluten-free, and it's just not how I felt. And I figure if I didn't feel that way, maybe there's other people out there who also did not feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of took me a little while to find my voice, and you can tell by my early blogs, which is kind of lame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say they're lame, but you you did find your voice. That's a great way of putting it. Um, right, right. I 
and I I was going to ask you, you know, have you thought about changing the name of your blog? Because it really is ranting about celiac disease. And so maybe you should just change it to celiac rant or something like that. Because that's it is exactly what it is. And it's you're the voice for so many of us who have these frustrations. We just haven't necessarily aired them or certainly not in that public of a way. Yeah, I mean, the gluten dude was sort of taken by what domain name is available. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. what... what what kind of had a nice ring to it, and uh, you made sure it was from a guy's perspective. Um, yeah. Looking back, maybe celiac should have been in there instead of gluten, because it's really about celiac, not about gluten, but it is what it is, and uh, you know, I can't change my and That's right. Well, everybody would be so confused. They go looking for you and couldn't find you. Well, and I guess that that's a great segue to kind of what we're talking about today, and you and I have... Um, we've spoken about this before. We both write on it and um, certainly, you know, tweet and Facebook about the frustrations that we feel as members of the celiac slash gluten sensitive community, um, aka people who are living gluten free because they have to. And what we are seeing is that the realities of our lives are really minimalized against, you know, all of the the sensationalism that's been out in in the journalistic world recently about gluten-free diet. It's all about diet, 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 not about the health elements of why you would go gluten-free for more than just, you know, losing weight, which doesn't really work anyway. But it seems like we're getting lost in the shuffle. The people who are really needing to eat gluten-free, the people who survive because of a gluten-free diet, we're kind of, really, we don't have a voice in the mainstream media. And I know we've talked about this a lot, but especially because it's Celiac Awareness Month, you know, I know you've put up a lot of blog posts about this recently. You know, what are you hearing from other members of the community about how they feel and what's, you know, what their you know, perception is about how we are treated or discussed or, um, I guess, in some ways stereotyped because of all of this mainstream media hype about the gluten-free diet? Most people who I connect with on Facebook, Twitter, a little bit Instagram, and of course mostly my blog, um, feel the same way. You get your few that say, you know, my, the dissenters who say you're just looking for attention, and some people love the fact that there are so many more options out there um, to buy because of the, mm-hmm. the publicity. Uh, I personally don't need 10 more kinds of bread, which are twice the price and half the size. Um, yeah. You know, I'll stick to my healthy diet, and I don't need more, you know, gluten-free specialty food. It has some benefits. I get it. The convenience. If you got kids who are gluten-free, birthday parties, I get all that stuff. I'm not telling people how to eat, but um, the, the media has done nothing to help us. Us meaning celiacs. And when I say celiacs, I mean celiacs and people with gluten sensitivity. I just right. Right. Them all together. Um, they've done nothing to help us, and and everything to hurt us. In my mind, here's a perfect example. Um, every day I get um, Google alerts um, for the keywords celiac and, and gluten emailed to me. There was an article today on nationalgeographic.com. Oh, God. I saw oh, this yeah. last night. Cicadas. Cicadas? Cicadas, yes. I have it up on my screen right now because I saw it last night late, and I was like, oh, I need to go to bed. And I'm not going to think yeah. about this anymore. I'll think about it tomorrow. About how, about how cicadas are gluten-free, and it's a healthy food because they're low-carb and gluten-free. and actually mm-hmm. had recipes. Now, how can we possibly be taken seriously when the National Geographic is talking about cicada being gluten-free? It, it's right. impossible. It's, it's, no, it's, it's true. 
Yeah, and it's it's funny, but it's 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 frustrating because it happens yeah. almost on a daily basis. Where you'll have one, you'll um, you know CNN do a, a, maybe a great report on on gluten free, how it's how it's not a cure all and it's really serious for people with uh, celiac. Then you get Today Show and Rachel Ray and Gwyneth Paltrow and South Beach guy and the Wheat Belly guy all bring it back down and, mm-hmm. and make that much more difficult for us to be taken seriously. It's, uh, I've been I've been ranting on since day one. Um, and while the celebrity trend has seen gotten better, um, I haven't had a good celebrity rant in a couple months. Uh, me, gotten worse. <laughs> and maybe, maybe maybe that's part of the thing. Like uh, first the the celebrities get it, and then the food companies get it, and then the media you know latches on the anchors. They're always looking for a quick story and an easy buck. Yeah. You know, and and the bottom line is it's all about money. It's all about money. So, you know, the South Beach, the South Beach guy comes out with a, a revised version called South Beach Diet, The Gluten Solution. It's the same book. But now that gluten is hot, he, he, he can resell, you know, 20,000 more copies and make some more money. It's, it's right. Right. And he, goes, and he goes on Today's show and, he, you know, he misrepresents celiac, saying that celiac can hardly have any gluten. And it's, it's, a, it's like a nut allergy. Don't talk about gluten. Don't talk about celiac if you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's I am I am still surprised when I hear you know radio shows or um, in the, in the papers, magazines on on the news. It's amazing to me how many people who you would think would and should understand what celiac disease is and what gluten sensitivity is that they really have no idea what they're talking about. And because of that, I think the combination of the mistruths that are out there about um, the, about celiac disease and about gluten sensitivity and why people would want to live that way, and then coupled with the fact that people don't understand it and and they make mistakes all the time about what it is and what it isn't, you know, there's so much confusion out there and it leads to so many different problems. I mean, for example, if you maybe have seen this South Beach diet book that you're talking about, or you heard about it on the Today Show, and you think, well, maybe I want to try that diet, and then you try the gluten-free diet, and you feel amazing, and you never want to eat gluten again, well, now you're not going to know if you have celiac disease or if you have gluten sensitivity because, you know, your doctor never mentioned it to you, and you never got tested, and now you're eating gluten-free, Nobody understands the tests. They don't understand that once you've been tested and you're negative, it doesn't mean you would be pos- would not be positive next time you had the test. Nobody understands it. And there doesn't seem to be one central authority, unfortunately, even in the celiac community between the support groups and the national organizations that speak to, you know, awareness and education on this piece. There doesn't seem to be, you know, they don't come together to even have a single message. So, you know, it's very difficult for us as members of the community to even point in one direction or another. I saw something yesterday that, you know, it was on a fairly reputable blog, um, and it was about alcohol and um, celiac disease and which alcohols you could have and which ones you couldn't. And there were errors all throughout that piece, all throughout the piece. And this is, you know, a reputable site talking about, Oh, come on, give us name. You have to, what? <laughs> give us the name of the blog. Come on. No, I'm not I'm, going to do I'm not spearing anyone at this show. But it, it, you wouldn't have to look hard to find it because it's a, it's a new post. But, um, you know, I've written for magazines on this issue. I've written books that top, you know, have this as an issue in the topics. I've interviewed people everywhere. And you still can't even get agreement 
from the community on what is and what isn't gluten-free when it comes to yeah. alcohol. I was um, at a dinner last night, a gluten-free dinner in a really nice um, restaurant in Baltimore, and they hosted this beautiful gluten-free dinner with all these wonderful foods, and it was a you know, prefix A, and all these people were there enjoying a safe meal. And I was trying to explain in between courses, you know, different aspects of the gluten-free diet and how to do this and that and how to eat out at restaurants. And when I talked about the alcohol piece, even in that room, there was a lot of confusion about what is and what isn't. People said, well, how are we supposed to understand which, you know, beers are gluten-free if they're not allowed to label them on the beers, <laughs> you know? And there's no agreement in, you know, our federal government even about how you're going to do that. We're still waiting on gluten-free food labels. It's been sitting there, um, you know, on the president's desk for months. And so there's just so much confusion, so much flux. And then you throw in the media that's saying all these things that don't have anything to do with us about, you know, celebrities or people losing weight on the diet. I can't even imagine. I mean, you and I have been gluten-free for a while. I can't imagine what it would feel like to start on a gluten-free diet now. Like if if you were diagnosed with something or if you felt that you had gluten sensitivity, where would your head just not explode from all the information that's out there, most no, it, of which is, is, you know, at cross-purposes? When I was diagnosed, I had never heard of the word celiac or gluten, and this was 2007. Um, and when the doctor said, we're going to get a test for celiac, I was like, uh-huh, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what, what's celiac disease? Right. So I looked, it up, I looked it up before my appointment, and I was like, oh, I do not have that. Please don't let me have that. No beer, no bread. Um, so, look, we've, we've, been, we've been kidnapped. We've been kidnapped by the food industry, by uh, the food marketing companies, and and by the media. And I don't have an answer how to get it back. Um, you know, I do I do my share. Um, you know, my blog, um, Knock on Wood, has reached a very very large audience, um, especially recently. Um, it's sort of kind of grown exponentially, which is just wonderful. But it's still, you know. A very very small percentage of people out there who who need to who need to know the truth about what we deal with and how you should not listen to the media when it comes to gluten. So I I don't I don't have any I don't have suggestions. I I just wish, you know, we're a country of 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 sheep and we just follow the masses. And I don't mean that in a in a mean and nasty way. I, I don't think. But you know whatever's whatever's big in the media, whatever the celebrities are doing, we we tend to follow for whatever reason. Um, whether it's based on on fact or not, and if the media announces it, well, then hell, it must be true. So let's, let's go on a gluten free diet because Miley's doing it, and then you know, and it comes back to our safety. So, you know, the people who are going on gluten free diet who are not sick, they might go to a restaurant and give the waiter and waitress a hard time about their dinner, and blah 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 blah, and then the dessert comes and they order bread pudding because what well, they they, they got to have dessert, they taste. So the next time me or you go in. What's going to happen? They're going to roll exactly. the ride, and they're not going to. So I, the only place I go to eat a place I've been to a hundred times, and the places um, that are are more, I hate to say, it, but more pricey because they tend yeah. to be more careful. And I, I can go back and talk to the chef. Um, besides right. that, I would not take any chances ever again because I know it's just everyone is jumping on the bandwagon. You go back to the vodka now. Clarify: all vodka is gluten free, correct? Yes. Except flavored vodka. That could be if yes. That's so there's a there's a vodka now that is coming out the first vodka and I forget the name but it's there it's all over the press that mm-hmm. they're actually putting gluten free on the label because they want to do it for celiacs. Well, 
it's it's marketing crap. I mean, vodka's yeah. really great. I mean, right, and that's what happens is people say, well, if this one's labeled gluten-free and this one isn't, right. then all the vodka that I've been drinking before must be making me sick because I've been getting gluten, and people freak right. out. And, and that's part of the labeling that we've been trying to push through because it is very confusing. And that's the you know erroneous nature of the blog that I was referring to earlier. It's, now we're still putting out misinformation. <laughs> but you know, to go back to your earlier point, I, and I think this is a critical point, which is that yeah, it's nice that there's all this, you know, people are talking about gluten-free. There are all these different gluten-free choices out there now. But in so many ways, it makes the world of a celiac or someone who has gluten sensitivity more difficult and more dangerous because there are so many people who are just dabbling in it and don't really have to follow the diet or don't think that they really have to follow the diet. And then, you know, you're right. It, what it means is that people lose the, um, you know, the understanding of how serious this is for so many of us, and they don't take it seriously in a restaurant environment, and unfortunately some people don't take it seriously in a, in a food manufacturing environment. And you are setting people up for a world of hurt when they go to these restaurants and they say to you know the waiter, I, I have to eat gluten-free, it's very important, I get sick, you know, whatever, and they're like, yeah, 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 whatever, because I've seen it before. Even the restaurant that I went to last night, I consulted with them prior to this dinner to help them to, you know, to bring this dinner about. And their impression was, because I said, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to have this gluten-free dinner? We have, you know, guests asking all the time for gluten-free. And I said, do you think that you're, that these guests have a medical reason for living gluten-free or do you think that they're just dieting? And their answer was, we think most of them are just dieting. And I said, Why? Because the true celiacs will call up on the phone before they come and will say, you know, I really have to have a gluten-free meal. The people who come into the restaurant and say, I really have to have a gluten-free meal, we don't perceive that they are true celiacs or people who have a medical necessity. We perceive that they are people who um, just need to or, you know, like to eat gluten-free because of whatever reason. The question becomes, are they as careful? Right. With them as they are with us, or they just with they lump them all together, and, and who knows? Right, exactly. And, I, and, and, I think, and go ahead. And I think it goes not just the restaurants, but the food manufacturers as well. I mean, not the small mom pop shops, you know, but the big Pillsburys, the General Mills. And I'm not saying there's gluten there are gluten free foods. I'm not I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I don't have a lot of faith in in big businesses because they're all about the shareholders and they're all about the bottom line. And the fact there's no gluten free labeling laws. Who the heck knows? Right. Their their job is to make a profit, and I get that. I'm all for that. But if they can make more of a profit by cutting back on their cross-contamination safety things, they, they, they just may do that, and we'll never know. And we'll get sick two days later, and we'll say, what did I just eat two days ago or three days ago? Why did I sick? You'll never know. Right. Um, so in, until until we are protected um, by by the FDA, um, until the media moves on to something else, which they will, they give it two years. Yeah. Will, there's been low fat. There's been low sugar. There's been low carb. It's now gluten free. They will find something else. I don't know what to find, but they'll find something. And then what's going to happen? Are the food manufacturers they're going to pull their gluten free labels off their products because it's not sexy anymore? Because it's not selling as much anymore? And it might be a hindrance more than helping their business now. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll go back to eating the way you're supposed to eat anyway to what I do now. But, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I went I got the Amy's pizzas. I went and got the Udi's bread. I went and got the shard. I wanted to eat my stuff still. And mm-hmm. it took me years 
realized that, you know what, this is not helping me. This right. Is, this, this is not helping the cause. Not because there's gluten there, because there's just a lot of processed crap in there um, mm-hmm. that isn't helping my body heal. You know, we have we have an autoimmune disease, and out of out of a given week, I still feel bad probably five days out of the week, whether it's stomach mm-hmm. pain, whether it's ungodly fatigue, whether it's joint pain, whether, um, you know, we have an autoimmune disease. I know it's not sexy. I get it. Gluten-free is sexy. Celiac is really boring to talk about. I get it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, nobody makes fun of any other autoimmune disease that I know about. No one ever, no one diminishes MS or any other autoimmune disease. But because because gluten-free is our drug, um, it's taken less seriously. It's just, it's it's beyond frustrating. Um so, you know, yeah, I, no, I, I agree completely. And I think your point about, you know, substituting the crap that you're eating before with gluten-free crap is a very good point because I think, and I was talking to folks about this last night at this gluten-free dinner, I think there are stages that you go through when you're first told that you have to eat gluten-free or, you know, you learn that um, through testing or from your elimination diet, what have you. Um, there are stages that you go through, and the first stage is – the shock and and perhaps even you know the grief or the depression and then you start to pull yourself out of that by saying oh but I can still have Oreos it's just a gluten free Oreo because I love my Oreos or whatever it is and you go for the beer the pizza the bread the crappy you know cookies and you substitute and go from you know one to another and I think a lot of people unfortunately go and eat even more processed food because it is labeled gluten free and it is something that they believe is um, going to be safe for them and it's the closest thing to quote normal that they can find and then I think a lot of people myself included sounds like you as well start over time realizing when you start reading all of those ingredients, because we have to, because there's no gluten-free food labeling regulations right now, you have to read the ingredients of absolutely everything. You start going, you know, what the heck is that? And why would I want to put that in my body? And, you know, it's the ingredient label is, you know, three paragraphs long or, or what have you. And then you start getting more aware of food and the fact that it is fuel for your body. And if you're putting in crappy fuel, you're going to get crappy results. And gluten-free processed food on the whole is even crappier than wheat-based food because it's kind of new and novel and yeah. They are covering up for funny tastes by adding extra sugar or fat or things like that. So, you know, I, I I hope that most people do progress to that next stage of actually really reading the food labels and really understanding what they're putting in their bodies. Because, at, to your point, we do have an autoimmune disease, and that means that our bodies are susceptible to other autoimmune diseases more likely than other people. And we do have to really take our health as our own personal responsibility. There's no medication for what we have. So it's not like you can just, you know, take a pill and then continue to live your life the way you were before. It's a total life-changing experience to go gluten-free for the rest of your life and in every aspect of your life. And that's what I think that the news media is not covering, perhaps as you say, it's not because it's not sexy, but that is what is our reality. And when gluten-free is no longer a fad, hey, guess what? We're still here. <laughs> We're still yeah, the ones eating gluten-free. Yeah. You know? And that's never going to change. And I think, you know, I would love to see the mainstream news media actually cover the realities of living gluten-free from our perspective as opposed to from the latest celebrity who's on a weight loss plan because 
you know, there are good parts and bad parts about it. Obviously, it's very difficult, at least in the beginning. But think about how much better off we are now that we've taken control of our health ourselves. Like, we're not relying upon a physician. We're not relying upon a, you know, prescription drug. We are relying upon simply what we choose to put in our bodies and what we choose not to put in our bodies. And so we have total control of our, you know, of our health and how we, you know, can feel better. We listen to our bodies and we can actually, you know, feel amazingly um, better than we had felt before. And that, to me, is the real story of the success of a gluten-free diet, not, right. you know, that it's how many ever billions of dollars because people are buying it because they think it's, you know, sexy or the latest fad. But I have not seen anybody in the news media really cover it from that angle at all. It's always, you know, the mistruths about what is and what isn't gluten-free, and you can you can tolerate a little bit of it but not very much, or just crazy stuff like that that nobody's doing their homework on. And it is damaging us. It is because yeah. when we go out to restaurants or you know you're you go to a business lunch or you know what have you people they kind of look at you differently because they think that you're a lemming, you know, you're just following the fad. Yeah, I don't like that. Um so you know two two things to your point. Um number one there's a big misnomer that once we go gluten-free, um we feel healthy and we're all better and we can live a nice normal life. I wish that was the case, and for some celiacs, that certainly is the case. Um, but I get email after email, um, and comment after comment on my blog, who people to just feel like garbage. A lot of the times, so they'll even be gluten free. So you know, gluten free is is not um, it's only treatment, sure, but it, it's not it's not the end all be all. It's just once we're gluten free, we are all fine and dandy. But it's still an autoimmune disease, and our body still is still fighting stuff. Number two, it is an amazing disease that we have control over, though. You know, you don't need a drug. You don't need therapy. You don't need, you know, these crazy medicines. Um, it's just food. It's, it's diet. So in a way, it's, it, it opened my eyes a lot to the power of food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the uh, documentary called um, Forks Over Knives. No, I have not seen it. It's, it's about the power of, uh, it's nothing to do with gluten, but it's about the power of eating um, greens and how people mm-hmm. who went on a, a, like a, just eating greens, I mean, no meat, no anything for like 60 days, reversed heart disease and clogged arteries and high blood pressure. And I'm not saying we should all go on the green diet. I'm just saying that the power of food um, yeah. still is amazing to me and how much garbage um, this world puts into their bodies just for convenience and and uh, and because it's marketed the way it should not be marketed, I guess. I yeah. And I'm look. I'm not perfect. I still have my snacks. I I drink alcohol. I you know I'm not I'm not claiming I'm an angel here and I'm I'm, I'm the, as healthy as can be. But you know there's a, there's a balance to everything. Absolutely. Uh, I've sort of gotten off the gluten topic, but still the power of food um, has opened my eyes um, to so much. And in a way, I'm actually. I don't enjoy having celiac disease, but I'm actually thankful for it in a strange kind yeah. of way. No, I totally get it. Um, I was asked by um, a reporter the other day to give a quote about what's, you know, kind of like the best thing about being gluten-free, and, and that's exactly what I said. Like To me, it has opened my eyes to health and nutrition and the opportunities that I have to take control of my own health as opposed to relying upon Western medicine and, right. you know, prescription drugs and things like that. Um, and and it's made me very much more cognizant about what I'm putting in my body and what I can expect to get out of it because of the fuel that I'm putting in my body. Um, but to your point earlier about, 
you know, not feeling better. I think from what I have seen, you know, in traveling around the country and teaching classes and obviously from people writing in to the blog and things like that, it seems to me that there are very few of us with celiac disease or gluten sensitivity for whom that is the only problem. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of people have figured out that they can't have gluten because they've done an elimination diet of sorts, and they find there's something else as well, dairy being a huge one. And so, you know, when, when people don't feel better all the way from going gluten-free, I always encourage them to go back and, and look at the rest of the foods that they're eating because if you could take dairy out of your diet and then you would feel better, well, why would you not do that? You know, and there are other things that people are sensitive to. The book that I wrote a few years ago called Free for All Cooking was all about that because you have families where one person can't have gluten, another person can't have eggs, another person can't have soy. How do you all eat the same meal? And, you know, again, it's not a sexy topic at all, but it's reality, and it's a reality for more and more people every day in this country who are figuring out that they have food sensitivities and intolerances and diseases that are, you know, impacted by food, either made worse or made better. So food is... I mean, an amazing vehicle for all yeah. kinds of things, good and bad. And I don't think, you know, in our generation growing up, food was viewed as, you know, just what you did. You put it in your body and then you went on and did your thing. We Nobody analyzed it. Nobody, you know, really talked about what was in it, you know, or what you shouldn't be getting out of your food or you're putting too much of this in it. And then we all started on these diets. And that's where they're trying to shoehorn, you know, gluten-free into it. It's not a low-fat diet. It's not a low-carb diet. It's not a sugar-free diet. It's not any of those things. It's a, it is our, as you put it, our drug, our medicine. And it's just as important for us as a diabetic's insulin would be. Right. And to the fact that the news media is treating it so lightly is is upsetting from a perspective of, you know, somebody like us who, you know, doesn't want to be belittled for our either food choices or what we know to be our, you know, what we have to choose for our foods that we put in our body and not. And that's the post that I'm going to be putting up later is, you know, so how do we do that? And I don't have an answer for that either. I don't know how we, you know, scream louder at the news media about what they're doing. But um, in Celiac Awareness Month, if no other time during the year, I really think that everybody should take an opportunity to use those door openers as people make a funny comment about gluten-free or they, they are doubtful that you're serious or whatever it is, and instead of just going, ugh, and, you know, moving on, that you take the opportunity to educate somebody on what's really going on with celiac disease and with gluten sensitivity and how serious, you know, you have to be about taking it out of your diet. Because if you could just tell one person and change their understanding of the seriousness of a gluten-free diet, it could really, you know, lead down the road to be so helpful for the next person who eats at that restaurant or, you know, so-and-so's aunt or uncle who they finally figure out what's wrong with them. You know, just educate one person on the realities of celiac disease and gluten sensitivity. And there are enough of us now that it really could make a difference. Well, I certainly like that idea. <laughs> Um, you know the the issue is, and again, it's hard to it's hard to uh, overcome the perception of of, of gluten free. And I get, you know, I have a dear gluten dude series on my blog, and I get emails all the time from people, and a lot of that my family doesn't take me seriously. My family doesn't believe me. There was yeah. one woman 
There's one woman who broke my heart. Her husband died in a car accident, um, and she, they had like a four-year-old son, and, and she got diagnosed with celiac disease soon after. She um, contacted me directly um, last week saying that her husband's family um, refuses to serve her gluten-free food. They're saying her celiac disease is making life tough on them. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. This happens time and time and time again. And I'm like, why? If you had any other disease, nobody would ever question you. Yeah. No, nobody would ever question you. But because you've got celiac disease and, and your only treatment is food, uh, let's, just not, let's just not believe you. Let's just not take you at, at, at your word. Let's just you know, listen to the Today Show and, and um, Dr. Drew. They're, yeah. They, they, they know what they're talking about. You don't. And the problem is a lot of our medical community sucks. Yeah. Right? Again, I have another thing on my blog called Dr. Horror Stories, and there's story after story after story of people being misdiagnosed as having you know, psychosis and IBS and Crohn's and making things up and being hypochondriac and blah, 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 you know. And an eating disorder. <laughs> yeah, it's another big one, an eating uh. disorder, of course, yeah. So, uh, you know, getting the medical community on board would be a huge bonus. <laughs> yeah, well, and and I wrote about this recently. I have been going for the past several years to Dr. Fasano's um, medical school class um, to talk to them about celiac disease from a patient's perspective. And it has morphed into something even more than that when I go. But I always bring gluten-free food with me. Like um, I make homemade scones and bring them to the class because, I mean, you get their attention with food anyway. But the point being, I have talked to too many doctors who have actually looked me in the eye and said, you know, I don't want to diagnose my patients with celiac disease because that's like a death sentence. I mean, can you imagine living gluten-free? That would be awful. So I tell people, you don't want to know you have celiac disease. And so I bring the food in, and I'm like, how amazing are those scones that you just ate? And they're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, can we have some more? You know, that's gluten-free. This is not a death sentence. Like, there is wonderful, delicious food that is gluten-free, but all of the whole foods in the world are gluten-free, too. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. have an apple. Like, it's gluten-free. And it's, it is shocking to me. But the medical community, because they're not educated by the pharmaceutical companies, because there is no drug for celiac disease, they do not understand it. They don't and understand they, and, it. And they don't want to understand it. There's, there's no, no money. There's one, you know, my, my doctor, thank God I got a good doctor. He diagnosed me right away. But I haven't seen him since, yeah. <laughs> five years ago. Because what's he going to do? Come right. on back. Uh, are you still gluten-free? Yeah, I am. Okay. You know, have a nice day. And what, there's, there's nothing they can do at this point, um, unless there's other issues going on, which Lord knows there are with me. But that's yeah. Another <laughs> yeah, uh, you're preaching to the crowd on that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you know, medical community, media, food companies, uh, if we can get them even a bit on board um, for civic awareness, I, I would be beyond happy. You have no idea. But well, then, uh, you know, I think that's what we should do is just really go back to the community and through our various channels and avenues of communication and entreat them to, if it, even if it's just once this month, to explain to somebody what celiac disease or gluten sensitivity is and how serious it is that we have no gluten whatsoever on, you know, our salad or, you know, whatever it is, wherever you are, whatever the setting but explain to somebody how serious it is and how very real it is, but also how wonderful it is that we have the ability to heal ourselves in so many ways through our diet. And it's not about losing weight. It's not about going, like, low carb. It's not about, you know, the junk food that's, that is gluten-free. And, and in your post that you 
had up recently I thought was a wonderful post about whole foods and, you know, stop eating gluten-free. And it makes you say, what? What do you mean stop eating gluten-free? Now stop eating all the crap that's labeled gluten-free. You know, eat real food that's gluten-free. And that should be the basis of your diet. I am going to the Celiac Awareness Tour in Philly this Saturday, um, and I have very mixed emotions about going, so I know it's not going to be about celiac awareness. <laughs> it's going to no. be no. free food orgy. Um, so I, there might be a couple of booths here and there that talk about celiac disease, but I guarantee you there's going to be nobody at those booths, and they'll all be you know, tasting the, the breads and the crackers and the chocolates and the candies. And um, Well, I, you know, people... There's people all over the spectrum on this about, you know, whole foods being gluten-free and you shouldn't eat any of the processed foods or you should eat it all because it's safe or whatever. People are at both ends of the spectrum. You said something earlier that I totally agree with, which is it's all balance. And I think in order to help people stay on a gluten-free diet and not to cheat and not to take risks, that nobody should be preaching, you know, go 100%, you know, away from any treat that you maybe would have, you know, wanted to have before. You can't ever have a little, you know, cookie here or there. You know, none of those things. You can't ever say black and white, go from this to that and, and be happy. You have Freedom. to find your own happy medium. But I would I would encourage people to try to use the opportunity of going gluten-free to put more whole foods into their diet because they will feel better and it is better for you. But it's just like why people on weight loss diets fail. If they're too stringent and too radically different than their normal lifestyle, they will fail. And for celiacs, it is too important not to fail. You have to be gluten-free. You can't cheat. So if it means that you need to have gluten-free Oreos in your cupboard in order to feel like you can still have guilty pleasures and you know feel like you're not a completely depressed person, then do it. I mean, by all means, absolutely do it. But I hope that through the course of going gluten-free, people learn more about nutrition and about food, and then they try to thereby, you know, increase the amount of whole foods that are in their diets and find the balance that works for them so that they're still happy, they can still socialize, they can still make food for others, they can, you know, feel healthy and, you know, have their guilty pleasures, whatever those are, and still, you know, feel like they're living their lives because it's when people are depressed and feel like they've taken, you know, everything that was fun out of their diets and out of their lives that they're going to fail. Right. But it's, but it's certainly, like I said, it's certainly not a death sentence. You can, you can eat very well. Yeah. You, can, you can still have your treats and just strike a balance, take care of yourself and just try to educate the masses as much as humanly possible. Right. Well, I agree. So that should be our mantra for Celiac Awareness Month. Everybody needs to tell somebody something big and important about celiac disease and gluten sensitivity and how very, very seriously that they should be taking it, whether it's the waitress at the next time you go um, out to eat or if it's your you know, great aunt Lucy or a coworker, whoever it is, when a comment is made or a question is asked, instead of just going, oh, you people are so ignorant, <laughs> I can't stand it anymore, and running, running away, take a deep breath and share facts about the realities of living gluten-free, about yeah. celiac disease, about yeah. gluten, gluten sensitivity. What do you think? I'm in. I'm in. All right, good. Well, we now we've come full circle. We have a plan. So everybody listening, please 
take it to heart. If you can share any information about celiac disease, gluten sensitivity, the gluten-free diet that are really cold, hard facts and really share with that with someone else, you could make someone else's dining experience safer. You might even be able to help someone else get diagnosed who had no idea, like like us when we were first diagnosed, what the heck is celiac disease? I've never heard of that before. You know, if you could spread information about symptoms, about how you were diagnosed, about how it's affected your life, you actually might be able to um, spare someone else a, a life of heartache and um, stomach aches <laughs> and all kinds of other health problems. So spread the word this month, especially for Sea Like Awareness Month. And if you are so inclined, you know, try to check out some of the gluten-free um, research organizations that are raising money, particularly this month, and they're raising money for gluten-free or for gluten sensitivity testing. They're trying to come up with a new test that will actually, you know, show that a person has gluten sensitivity as opposed to just using an elimination diet. And also there's all kinds of new medications that they're testing to see if they could come up with enzymes that would, you know, make a celiac reaction in a cross-contamination situation much less. So there's lots of really good work being done. So during Celiac Awareness Month, if there's any way you could give a few dollars here or there um, or your time to donate uh, you know, at one of these Celiac Walks, the Making Tracks for Celiacs, anything you can do to you know, really help our community, not the community of fad dieters, but our community, please take the time to try to do that, um, if not in Celiac Awareness Month, sometime during this year, but it's a great opportunity for May. So thanks again very much for taking your time and joining me for this chat, <laughs> this very informative chat about our lives. Um, and, you know, I think I take heart every time I, I read any of your posts and your rants. I'm like, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. And I think that's one of the great things you're able to do for us through your blog is really give a voice to the frustrations that we often feel ourselves and, and we can all vent through you. So thank you for that. And, again, congratulations um, on winning the 2013 Blogger of the Year Award for the um, Free of Gluten Awards. And I look forward to seeing some more great posts from you. Sounds good, Jules. Thanks for having me on. All right. Happy Celiac Awareness Month. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.